Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that will teach, motivate, and inspire you to stop at nothing to fulfill your dreams. Today, I am joined by two very special guests. They are Don and Hutch. They are straight out of Australia. In the year 2018, they went on a bike ride together as they normally do. But all of a sudden, Hutch had a sudden cardiac arrest, which only 9% of people survive. So he is very lucky. Hutch was dead for 18 minutes and it took the help of Don as well as other bystanders to help him survive before medics arrived. They have a 60 second clip of the call to emergency services. So I'm going to play that for you right now before we get into the interview. Ambulance emergency, what town or suburb? is very glad to have a second chance at life because of this experience don and hutch have founded cprfriendly.org to help people become more aware to try and help save lives because remember only nine percent of people survive sudden cardiac arrest don and hutch thank you so much for joining me today no worries, Curtis. Uh, we're uh, really happy uh, to be here and um, speaking to your listeners today. And uh, yeah, this is Hutch. I'm glad to be here as well and uh, glad to be alive, actually. So thanks to Don, who, who we now insist I call him my hero. And in actual fact, <laughs> uh, we only ever refer to Hutch now as the survivor. Slave. No, you, you're not slave. My, no, you're not my slave. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's start with Don first. Sure. Don, when, when you guys went on this bike ride, how did you know or when did you kind of realize that Hutch was having a problem? And what did you think when you noticed that that was an issue? Well, we'd, uh, we'd, uh, we ride around a, a quite a large lake and we'd done our second lap around the lake. We were, we're just almost finishing up. And there was the only sign I got that something was wrong is Hutch was able to just yell out my name. He was behind me uh, at the time, and I I turned around 
just in time to see him, he would have only been about three metres behind me, slumped over his handlebars and the bike just careering off sort of into the bush. There was no indication at all, which is very normal for sudden cardiac arrests being an electrical issue. You get very few signs or symptoms coming on. It just happens. So there was very little indication, went straight back, and he was pretty much out cold on the side of the track. Luckily for us, a, a couple of other joggers, came, um, ladies who were walking on the track that day came along, Caroline and Anne. We used their phone to call 911, of course, in the States with triple zero here in Australia. And then a jogger stopped as well uh, by the name of Tim. Uh, and it was obvious very, very quickly that um, something serious uh, was at play. Luckily, Tim, the jogger, had just done a CPR refresher course. So he jumped in straight away and started giving uh, cardiac compressions, which unfortunately <laughs> meant that I drew the short straw and I had to give Hutch mouth to mouth. Uh, you loved it. Uh, you I'm, loved it. <laughs> it was a horrendous experience uh, uh, because no, because uh, I, I very quickly realised within about two breaths that Hutch had obviously eaten garlic bread or some sort of curry no. or something the night before. I'll, I'll never get that taste out no, of my mouth. Curtis, uh, I don't. luckily, uh, I don't remember anything. Uh, I woke up the next morning. I was uh, They put me in an induced coma, and uh, I did break, wake up with quite a bit of pash rash, though. I'm, I'm, um, okay, I apologise. I did no, not have time to shave. Donnie's uh, wife assures me he's a very good kisser. So, um, <laughs> well, look, we joke, we joke about it, but uh, we, 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 we think people learn and understand better if, if uh, you know, with a bit of humour, and it's also our way of dealing dealing with the the trauma as well. I I understand, Don. When you found out that Hutch was not breathing, what did you think? First of all, I I was unsure if we should move him. Uh, to be honest, um, because I thought, you know, he's he's just taken this big fall off the bike, and I didn't want to do any more damage if there was other injuries, but. The thoughts running through my head very quickly was, okay, we've got to get an ambulance straight away. You've got to get paramedics here. This is this is far worse than just being unconscious or falling off the bike. You know, there were there were very little signs of life. Well, when you were doing the CPR, how much experience had you had before this thing happened? And were you confident that you would be able to do exactly what you needed to do to help save Hutch? Yeah, well, well, Curtis, that's it. Was actually only in that in that moment that I realised I, I hadn't I hadn't done any CPR training for more than twenty five years, and so to be totally honest, I felt I didn't have much confidence or, uh, at all. I was very thankful that Tim, uh, the jogger who stopped to lend a hand, uh, had done a course, and of course, the other fantastic part of it is that. Um, the uh, 911 000 operators are so well, well trained and uh, they really talk you through the procedure and, and what you have to do to help save a person's life. Co coach you through it. And, and I think this is the thing that, that neither of us had done CPR training for, you know, a couple of decades. And because we just think, well, you know, we're fit and healthy guys. It's not going to happen to us. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is the stats are quite amazing. How many people, something like a in, in the States, something like a thousand people per uh, day yeah. uh, have a sudden cardiac arrest and it, it can just come on in seconds it doesn't matter how fit and healthy you are because a cardiac arrest is an electrical issue of the heart and 70 percent of people don't feel confident to do cpr 
So we're all, that's why we started CPRfriendly.org to try and give people some more confidence and skills, but in a, in a more fun and lighthearted way. Mm-hmm. Not only that, for you being clinically dead for so long, Hutch, Don, I got to ask you, did you think you had lost him? Because most people don't make it, I think, after five minutes. So did you think he was gone after being dead for so long? Yeah, I, I think uh, it, at, at the time when it happened, I just uh, I got incredibly focused because I, I think I realized very quickly that it was a life or death situation. So I tried to stay as calm as I could. I, I don't know if that sounded like I was calm on the triple uh, on the triple O call, but I try, I tried to. Uh, the, the, Don's got, Don's got a, a performance and acting background, so he can basically fake anything. <laughs> he he pretty much to me it sounded like he was pretty calm and collected, and he's yeah. also the type of guy who. You know, you could bet your house on uh, that he's going to be diligent and do whatever he can. I, I think the good news is we, we didn't then know what the stats were. No. Uh, and luckily, probably. Yeah. I mean, for me, the the, the real time, the the gravity of what had happened to Hutch hit me wasn't till, wasn't until the paramedics had shocked Hutch with, uh, with a defibrillator uh, a couple of times to get him into some sort of steady heart rhythm again to then transport him to the to the ambulance it was only as they were you know just before they were starting to wheel him away that the the weight and gravity of what had happened to me really came to me because there there was definitely a point there when they were working on him I looked down and there was no life there yeah I I was probably looking pretty shabby you Um, were not looking very healthy at all yeah yeah (laughs) in fact the policewoman when she saw me a few months later said she didn't recognize me from then to to me actually being normal i think her words were he looks so alive which which must have meant he must have looked so dead (laughs) and and she did tell us that that i'm i'm in her 22 years of policing i'm the deadest person she's ever seen yeah so uh pretty lucky to be here When, when i when i think back i think the police that were on scene the way they started to coordinate off with tape and stuff was oh, fun. They, yeah. they, off with tape? they were t- they were coordinating off with tape. That was a murder scene. They, yeah, they so suspected was, you. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which maybe was an even stronger indication yeah. they thought that you had passed. Oh no, that's not a good look. <laughs> that's the first I've heard of that, Curtis. <laughs> well, I tell you, being dead for 18, 19 minutes, I, I would say too, but you definitely pull through and beat the odds that that only nine percent of people do. So let's talk about Don and Hutch. You can answer this too. What is one of the key qualities to know that you've done the CPR right? How do you know that you've got it right besides the person surviving the actual event? Well, uh, I don't think Don, Donnie would probably answer the question. He, is he didn't he didn't know, and that was one of the things that plagued him that night. Do you want to talk about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, all. all- all you can do, Curtis, is uh, is have a go. I suppose that was the one thing. At least I just had the confidence to uh, realise the gravity of the situation and do whatever I can. Unfortunately, I think like you mentioned or, or Hutch, that 80% of bystanders in these sorts of emergency situations say they feel unconfident and don't know what to do and so they won't jump in. But the motto that that we live by, uh, and we didn't know this before, that is that um, um, any attempt at resuscitation is better than no attempt at all, regardless of your skill level or your confidence levels, because 
as is proof in our case. And in many cases, uh, it can make a dramatic effect to the outcome. Uh, unfortunately, it's proven that uh, every minute of inaction uh, in these situations decreases survivability by 10%. So within, within five minutes... 50% chance. 50% chance, yeah. yeah, yeah. And particularly if you don't have a defib uh, after, yeah. I, I mean, I, th I think the uh, the things in my favour were there was a few people who, who um, opted in to help and Tim had just done his CPR course to get um, the the 911 operators on the line as quickly as possible on speakerphone gives you a real peace of mind, I think, because they will coach you through the process. So they are amazing. We've listened to the whole call back and they're just amazing. So back to partly back to your question, how do you know you've done good CPR? Mm. Well, first of all, it's it's ringing 911 to make sure that you've, you've got someone there as support. Hopefully there's other people around you that can help because doing the actual compressions uh, can be very exhausting after a couple of minutes. Doing the compressions uh, at a beat of about 120 beats per minute, which is reasonable, which is quite quick, and uh, about a third of the depth of the chest and recoiling. So basically, the, the compressions are purely just to keep oxygenated blood to the to the brain, and that's all they did. They were sustaining life until the basic step number three, a defibrillator arrived. There the was paramedics. Yeah, there wasn't one handy. So you've got to ring 911, you've got to do your compressions and you um, have to uh, try and get a defib as quickly as possible. The compressions and the breaths purely maintain life till the defibrillator arrives. And that's the thing that reboots the heart in a sudden cardiac arrest situation. And keep in mind, the sudden cardiac arrest is an electrical issue of the heart. It can be a freak electrical issue of the heart, like in my case, whereas a heart attack is a plumbing issue. You know, people get sweats or pain pain in their chest mm. and it might happen over 10 minutes to an hour. Because the heart's got the... the a, a blockage. Yeah, a blockage supplying, uh, supplying the oxygenated blood to the actual muscle of the yeah. heart. And so it starts to labour. Yeah, yeah. Well. whereas a sudden cardiac is a freak electrical issue. You, you basically black out in a matter of seconds, which is what happened to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the three steps, the basic three steps. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's an acronym called Doctors ABCD, mm -hmm. which we teach and people can go onto cprfriendly.org and actually go through that process for free. But the basic steps are ring, ring um, emergency services on 911, do the compressions and get a defib as quickly as possible. Another That's good basic CPR. Yeah. Yeah. Another key quality that you guys talked about is Don actually broke Hutch's ribs. So talk about that <laughs> and, and how you felt when you realized that happened. Now, and why is that a, a good quality? Curtis, that oh, is yeah. a bone of contention. Why is that a good uh, quality? I, I, I I unequivocally deny that I broke his he, ribs. He it was, would not it, know. He it would was, not know. It was the paramedics. When you see them do CPR compared to us, it was quite uh Far more physical than what I was doing. Oh, yeah, because Don had already broken them. There's no way, to, no. There's no way, no evidence to suggest that the paramedics did it. So, look, look. In 40% of occasions, uh, you will break ribs if you're doing good quality CPR yeah. because you're compressing deep enough and hard enough. So, I'm very thankful that my ribs were broken because it's a good sign that CPR was done properly. Yeah. <laughs> although it did take six to 12 months for them to get better. And I, I, and I couldn't laugh too much because uh, it was very painful having broken ribs. Well, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure broken ribs are pretty painful. I'm glad I've never had that issue. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys seem to be real close, you know, with this interview, you guys are in sync. You definitely seem to know what you're doing. What is the secret to your friendship and how long have you actually been knowing each other? 
Wow. Well, uh, well, well this, look, this incident, uh, Curtis, absolutely, as you can imagine, has brought us uh, even closer. Um, Donnie's gone from my number seventh friend to my number two friend. I, I, how come? <laughs> no, no, it's all right. I, we've known each other probably, um, was it over 20 years? Yeah, now? yeah, yeah. Easy over 20 years. Yeah. yeah. We'd worked together, socialised a lot together in the same social circles and stuff like and, that. And the good thing is that, that now because of this incident uh, and, and us co-founding CPR, Friendly.org, mm-hmm. uh, it's, um, it, it's allowed us to together um, create much higher purpose um, and try and help save more lives and try and, you know, change the statistics. Because yeah. I feel like I'm, on, uh, I'm very lucky on extended time and we want to try and give others extended time as well. Yeah, I think we both, I think that's a really important point, Hutch, is that from this, we suffer more from post-traumatic growth rather than trauma. We suffer. We well, suffer. well, we don't suffer, but we've been motivated <laughs> no, by right. greatly uh, because of how lucky we feel. Hutch, like you said, is now on new time. And me, that I didn't lose a friend, I can't imagine, you know, the outcome could have been very different. And I feel incredibly lucky that Hutch is still with us. So I'm pretty chuffed as well, Curtis. <laughs> uh, just to add in there, yeah. Um, so so look, um, yeah. Look, I think I think also, um, you know, we we have a, a mutual respect for each other, and we we use a lot of humour um, in our in our day to days, and you know, we try and up the ante on each other, and and I think uh, we we try and bring that through as, as a. Uh, how we how we teach CPR now that nowadays and you you'll see online some of the videos we've done are really fun mm-hmm. and, and the free webinars we have there for anyone can watch we do that in a fun way because um, there's a lot of serious training out there yeah our backgrounds my backgrounds uh you know in training and and Donnie's backgrounds in entertainment so put these two together and we try and make make the the learning fun and engaging for people so that they will watch it and they will learn and hopefully ultimately save more lives. Yeah. Well, let's flip over to you, Hutch, because you're the one that actually went through the experience. What did, what do you remember the experience? Do you remember passing out or remember feeling bad before? What do you remember, if anything, of the experience? I get asked that a lot. It's uh, look, I remember the morning uh, going to the bike ride. Um, I don't remember anything about the bike ride. I don't remember anything probably for about three or four days after. Um, and I think that's partly because bec- I don't know whether it's it's the brain blocking out uh, any trauma or it's actually um, the, the drugs, drugs. The drugs, yeah. they yeah, because they put me into an induced coma. They um, had me on an ice bed. Uh, to shut down all the external peripheral, you know, organs, and just so that the brain and the heart and the basics could really focus on doing their job. Um, I luckily popped out of a coma the next morning, which is a godsend to to my partner Katie, who obviously didn't get much sleep uh, that night, not knowing if I was going to be dead or brain damaged or whatnot. And Donnie, obviously, you know, uh, not knowing if he'd done. Uh, enough uh, to uh, to get me through. If I'd broken enough ribs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so slowly over a few days, my memory started coming back. But I, I apparently it's normal that your brain goes into a, a, a loop, and I was constantly every couple of. Donnie probably tell the story better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When 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 
I mean, it was fantastic. Because I don't remember anything, basically, is the short nothing. answer. I mean, when he, when he first came back to consciousness, he, he was on this, it was, it was originally probably not even a 30-second loop where he'd say, what happened? And then we'd all say, oh, look, you just, you, you've, you, we were bike riding and you've had an accident. They're not sure exactly what happened, but you've blacked out and it's, it's pretty serious. And he'd go, really? Then he'd say again, what happened? Oh, look, I'm a curious guy, uh, Kurt, so I, I like to get to the bottom of things. <laughs> and he'd just keep repeating improvement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then eventually we just started we just started making up responses. What happened? Donnie, oh, you owe, you owe me, money. me money. You owe me money. Um, <laughs> we got in a fight and I knocked you out. Really? <laughs> what happened? Oh, yeah. Katie's Katie's left you for me. Your partner's <laughs> left you for me, and you you wanted to fight me over it. A- a- par- really? <laughs> apparently, I kept introducing Donnie to Katie all the time, and uh, you know they've known each other for years. But uh, I'm just a polite guy. He was I'm even introducing me to my own wife of uh, <laughs> 25 years, so uh, it was very interesting. <laughs> and apparently, Curtis, I still owe him money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, you get that money paid pretty soon, so it doesn't happen again. <laughs> So, Hutch, do, do you have any permanent damage from this incident or are you have you made a complete remarkably, recovery? Yeah, remarkably not. Um, yeah, he's not as funny as he used to be. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't think I've got any, any brain damage, um, but, no. but I can't be. No, uh, uh, look, I um, unbelievably feel very, very normal. Um, I still need to get my heart checked uh, every six to 12 months uh, with updates. I do have a um, what's called an ICD, an internal defibrillator embedded in my chest, which is um, I, it's like a pacemaker plus a heart starter if anything like this happens again. And it was a freak electrical issue. So, and I'm, I'm on some some uh, medication just to make sure things have sort of settled down. They don't really know what what uh, caused it um, because with an electrical issue, it's hard to work out because it just happens in a matter of seconds. Whereas a heart attack, you can usually see the blocking of the arteries, so you know it's a, it's more a mechanical issue. So did, did can... they do some tests to see if it was genetic or, or, or no? Did yeah, yeah, they... yeah. I had my blood sent to Correct. South Korea, South Korea, and they measured. 500 different markers and they couldn't find anything that doesn't mean there isn't anything it just means they don't know the marker yet yeah but did you know that you had a heart condition before this issue or is this just something no i I was i was being very diligent and i was getting uh i I mean i'm uh this happened when i was 55 you just done your big cycle trip yeah i I just cycled from um uh, amsterdam to paris on a bike with uh with another mate and he's number uh, three mate uh my num- number two mate and the um yeah so uh, just came back been back for a couple of months and then we were just going on pretty much a garden variety very very vanilla bike ride and um boom this happened so i haven't got any background as far as i know of any heart disease or any heart problems in fact i got my been had been getting my heart checked every year and scanned uh just just for you know diligence and uh, boom, this happened. So it, it, this is the thing with a electrical sudden cardiac arrest, it can happen to anyone. So this is why knowing CPR is so important. Speaking of knowing CPR, let's take some time to talk about CPRfriendly.org. Tell people what they can expect when they go on and all the thing that the site entails. Basically, let us know what, what we can expect when we go to the website. 
Yeah, look, it's really just a fun and friendly approach to CPR. We There was um, only reason people get CPR training is if they've had a personally relevant experience with a family or friend member and they go, gee, I need to get some CPR training or they have to be certified like police, firemen, uh, personal trainers. For their job. Yeah. For their job. So um, other people typically don't. Um, bother about it because they go it's not going to happen to me so we we say look look if you don't have time to get certified but at least get cpr friendly know the basics and then we can we can you can learn it in a matter of minutes so you can go into cpr friendly you can we've got a training video there to train people up in five seconds it's under the resources tab yeah Yeah, it's under the learning tab tab, yeah. yeah Five, you can learn CPR basics in five seconds, in 15 seconds, in three minutes, in 10 minutes, or you can do a free 45-minute webinar where we go through our whole story and the doctor's ABCD. But really, depending how much time you've got or how serious you are, you can just dive in anywhere you like. We also have um, a resources section there where you can go on and download the doctor's ABC worksheet. You can get some uh, access to some really great apps. Uh, you can also... Um, run your own CPR-friendly event if you want to. Yeah, which is what what we did, which kicked the whole thing off for CPR-friendly. After uh, Mm -hmm. Alice and uh, Hutch had recovered, we just realised how important it was that especially just our own uh, family, friends and loved ones knew this information. So the first thing we did is run a CPR barbecue at my place and we them over with a CPR trainer in had about to 60 people 60 people and then and the next thing did you did the yeah, and, street party and then we did a CPR friendly street party in my street we invited all the neighbors we got someone from the local surf club up to run a quick session and after they did uh, they understand the importance of CPR training. They then understand the import, understood the importance of defibrillator. So then a, a whole bunch of the neighbours chipped in, fifty bucks, a hundred bucks, and we basically did a fundraiser, and we've now got a defibrillator in our own street. So it's on um, a garage wall uh, of of one of the houses in the middle of the street. So people, within a couple of minutes, they can quickly get the defibrillator, and then we've just multiplied this out to other streets, households, suburbs, clubs, associations. I mean, we're doing a retirement village next week where we come in and we train them for free. And the only way we get our funding is if we do a corporate event and we'll charge them and and then give them a webinar for free and they can give it to all their participants as well. And the great thing is on the website under resources, we have... uh, the free resource kits if you you know if any of your listeners want to do their own barbecue or their own street party and, and raise money you know, there's lots of stuff there that uh we've got to help you organize those things yourself in your location so it's all about getting people cpr friendly and trying to get more public access defibrillators out there um in in the uh, in the community and it's if you're proven isn't it yeah it, if you look it doesn't have to be that way yeah it doesn't have to be that way uh, the stats can change and if you look at i mean the world record holder for survivor rates is actually seattle the seattle area uh in the states it's something like 62 percent of people survive a sudden cardiac arrest there because about 76 percent of people in that area are cpr aware and friendly and there's more public access to fibrillators so um, if they can do it, why can't we do this in, in communities all around the country? Do you guys have any upcoming projects that people need to know about that you guys are working on? Well, through COVID, we've, we've uh, do, you, do you want to talk? No, no, no. Through, yeah, through COVID, because we couldn't do the face-to-face community events, 
uh, it, it actually is good in a way because it forced us to think, oh, what, what else can we do? So we've just only just launched a CPR-friendly webinar, uh, which, have, which is available on uh, the website. Oh, I thought you were going to invite everyone over uh, to our training next week. <laughs> Anyone from the States who wants to fly to Australia and quarantine for 14 days? <laughs> well, that, they don't have to do that. They can go no, and watch this is us. this a great thing about <laughs> Our CPR-friendly webinar. So um, that's a free webinar. Anyone can watch it anytime. It's uh, basically a setup, so every 15 minutes it runs. And even if people want to run their own event, they can just log in and um, and use, and, that and use the webinar as well. Yeah, just remembering that the triple O call here is triple O, whereas in the states, states it's nine one one is the only difference. But yeah, we, we tell our story, we play the the um, the emergency call, um, and um, you know, take them through the whole doctor's ABCD and they can download a, the worksheet and, and away they go. We talk about defibrillators, so it's the whole gambit. We even do a CPR rap at the end of end of the webinar. Yes, we if do. You love that part, um, don't you? Donnie, you are such a good rapper. Donnie, Donnie's a very good singer, Curtis, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. So we're trying to make it fun and engaging for people and really just trying to spread spread the word and awareness of CPR. You guys definitely keep up the good work. Do you have any final thoughts before we close it out? Oh, look, the only, I mean, people ask me what, what's changed about my life and I, uh, now that I've had a second chance and I'd probably just say three things. Um, the importance of gratitude in life and just appreciating the small things and the small moments. So every day I'm much more grateful for, for the little things. Uh, secondly is the importance of family and friends and loved ones and not taking them for granted. Uh, and thirdly is, you know, trying to contribute back something um, and a higher purpose uh, to life beyond just us as individuals. And that's what we're trying to do through CPR Friendly. Yeah. So those three things I think were a key takeaways for me instead of getting focused in post-traumatic stress and, oh, gee, will this happen again? Gee, do I have to Living your life on eggshells. Eggshells, yeah. yeah. Uh, we try and look at post-traumatic growth. What, what have we learnt out of it and how can we move forward bigger and better than we were before if life throws you the curveball? Mm. And most importantly... Just get CPR friendly, get those skills, always have them at top of mind because you will never know, as was in our case, when you're going to need them. And in 80% of cases, it will be a family member or a friend or a loved one that you will be trying to help and save. Yeah. And you can go to cprfriendly.org to get CPR friendly. Don and Hutch, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you, Curtis. Thanks, Curtis. It's a, a privilege um, chatting with you today. And listeners, please be sure to follow, rate, review, share. And also, if you're an Android user, you can go to the Google Play Store and type in Living the Dream with Curveball and download the app where you can have all my episodes right on your phone. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.